Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Andre's Podcast. Yes, yeah, it's just me, the Crazy Crockett man. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I created this podcast so I have an opportunity to speak my mind, voice. A lot of times, people with disabilities don't get an opportunity to be heard. But this is what I'm doing. It I'm doing it for myself and doing it for everyone out there who's listening, who's not listening. Someday you may find someone that's next to you, or or near you, or you may know someone in your family, or friends, or a co-worker that has some form of disability that doesn't have a voice either. But this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it for, so other people can uh, have the opportunity to uh, not become famous, but to be heard. So the podcast is really named for all different ideas. I do this for for because I like to talk about politics, I talk about sports, I talk about things that um, come up to pop my head. You know, I talk about, uh, I have friends who come on the show and we talk about life in general and and our disability or how our disabilities are different from one another. But, uh, and then other times I have friends with me who will talk about the sports itself. So, as most of you know, who know me pretty well, I am a Detroit guy, right? I'm not from Detroit. I live in the state of Michigan, but I am a person that loves Detroit teams, Detroit Tigers, Detroit Pistons, Detroit Red Wings, Detroit uh, Lions. Yes, I almost forgot one of my other favorite teams, Detroit Lions. So I I basically am in in a situation where you know, I got to find a way to avenue my interest to everyone else. I've always wanted to be a, uh, a broadcaster, a sports guy, uh, someone that did stuff with sports. I always had a difficult time pronouncing words and names, and so that always kept me away from that uh, interest of mine. But since podcasting has become more and more popular over the years, I've become more and more uh, into it now yeah I listen to Joe Rogan once in a while I listen to Adam Corral and and every once in a while I'll talk to people who I mean just listen to to other uh, podcasts about other things but I'm going to generally do some stuff about sports or music well not music but sports and politics and, and that kind of deal so I'm going to start with uh, Detroit of course I'm going to start with the Detroit Red Wings we got uh there's a Words out there that uh, Patrick Kane, a former Chicago Blackhawks champion, nine-time All-Star, was signed to Detroit or is signing with Detroit. Uh, I think he's recovering in, of an injury on his knee, so he's really not anywhere, I guess. So that was a great opportunity for Detroit. I think it'll give him more offense when needed. Um, I think it'll give more of a experienced player as as what we're looking for uh, our team is relatively young but we got a lot of draft pay uh, a lot of uh free agents in the off season that um stevie eisenman uh uh put uh, put together so that's once that's one of the things that's good news about detroit recently i went to detroit red wings and detroit lion game on the same weekend on thanksgiving weekend detroit won four zero they beat the devils New Jersey Devils 4-0, surprising. I'm not. I love Detroit. I'm. I got friends of mine that love the Red Wings, and I'm not a huge Red Wings fan. But 
you know, it, it's hard not to watch them because they're just part of your era, your time zone, your your history. So that's part of the reason why I um, uh, am talking about the Red Wings. Uh, the Detroit Tigers in the offseason, they had a horrible year, and they did win me 20 bucks of parlay that they would win over 65, no, I think there was 69 games in, in 2023. They did that, but they but they suffered. Uh, Detroit Tigers, uh, GM Scott Harris assigned uh, Kenta Mendita, uh, a former uh, uh, pitcher for the Minnesota uh, Twins. I was going to say the Vikings, but... Uh, this will help Detroit's uh, other uh, pitchers like Matt Manning, Alex Federo, uh, Reese Olsen, Tarek Skrubal, Joey Wentz, and Casey Mize. I'm not really sure about Casey Mize, though. I don't know if he's going to be in Detroit. He's the number one draft pick for Detroit a couple years ago. He got hurt. He had a Tommy John surgery. Uh, it's just not looking good for him. Uh, I don't. I some people tell me that they should give up on him, but uh, I'm not really sure. I am more surprised by um, Matt Manning. Matt Manning had a, a difficult time last year. I mean, two years ago, and he had a difficult time a little bit this year or 2023. Uh, he struggled a little bit uh, when he came back from uh, from Triple It. A baseball or the minor leagues, he seemed to get his stuff together. He seems to have more control, uh, more, just a better pitching than than usual. Uh, I will say uh, at, um, uh, that Tarek Scruble, he looks pretty good. I think he needs to. I think with uh, with uh, uh, Quinta Medita pitcher Scott uh, Scott Harris thought that they will teach the rookies and second and the young pitchers how to control the pitches, how to slow down a little bit, um, manage the game better. Uh, he seems to be really good. Quinta Medita is really good at doing that. So. That's look promising. We need more veteran pitchers. We need more consistency for Detroit. Uh, Detroit needs to, uh, you know, along with the hitting, uh, tr- uh, Turkison, um, he was, he he hit his home runs. It took him a while to get to 30. But uh, I think of that year of 2021 when when we did not have a, a baseball full baseball season in the minor leagues either. I think that um, held back Turkerson quite a bit. So I think having a full year or two full years under under his belt made it easier for him. So here we go. I am here to talk about the two teams that I really enjoy watching. Uh, my first favorite well, I should tell you the truth. My f- first favorite is the Detroit Tigers. I've always loved them. I always liked baseball. I can sit around and watch baseball forever and ever and ever. But my second love is actually the Detroit Pistons and the Detroit Lions and the Red Wings. Now, 
Uh, I think I'm going to start with the Detroit Tigers. Well, no, actually, I'm going to start with the Detroit uh, Lions. Uh, they came back from a week of, of playing the Bears, 12-point deficit at home. Uh, um, Justin Fields' first game back. And I was nervous, and other people were not nervous, but I was. And, of course, Detroit started falling behind right away. And it took them 100. I mean, it just took them a while in the fourth quarter to finally come back. I think they came back within about two and a half minutes, three minutes to go in the in the game. And they cut their deficit down from 12 and then won. But that should have gave Detroit Lions a awakening at home. You cannot take any advantage or you cannot take the assumption that you're going to win at home because your quarterback plays better at home or your team plays better at home or the other team doesn't play well on, on the road. So that's something that, you know, I think that Detroit will have to clean up I think both sides of the field had to clean up. I think that the defense coordinator or the defense team uh, coaches they need to give the players more of a opportunity to succeed. Uh, for example, the, the Green Bay Packer game. I was there with my buddy Parley Sean. Sean's not here tonight, but I'm going to do this because I really, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy. Uh, my aspect of my um, perspective of the game so so and this is a learning experience as well so I'm trying to do this as best as I can so I keep saying that but um, I think Aaron Glenn the defense coordinator uh, set up the team to fail I think the defense I think Dan Campbell I think it was a short week I think you can blame a lot of people. Dan Campbell took the blame for himself, for the team not being prepared. But I think there's some more to it besides a shorter week. And one of the things that I think that, you know, Detroit really needs to do better is understanding their opponent and understanding their strong points and their weak points. I think that Green Bay, on the first play of the game, they basically made us look stupid. And I think that Detroit thought that they were going to try to establish the running game with, with uh, oh my goodness, who is this? With A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. I can't, and I have a little pronunciation problems or stuttering problems, so bear with me. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I thought, I thought that Detroit was thinking about stopping the run and make Jordan Love throw the football second. However, in the first play, Jordan Love uh, connects with Christian Watson and they throw it for like 53 yards. Uh, a couple of plays down the road, uh, they're right by the end zone and Detroit has a really bad uh, penalty uh, that I didn't see. But the following play, they scored a touchdown. And we're 7-0 already. I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not a good way to start. So Detroit gets the ball back. 
Well, Detroit gets the first possession back or the first possession. And they go down the field and they score a touchdown. And it's 7-7. And one one of the things that I thought that Detroit uh, did somewhat, I don't know I don't know if I agree with this or not, but I think that if you look if you look at if you look at Detroit's first downs, they had 26 first downs. They had 17 passes and six rushes on the first down. And a couple of weeks ago, when they were, uh, I think they were playing, I think it was the Bears game, or no, it was a team that was not, not good at all. I forget what team it was, but they, Detroit has a thing about going one way or another. They either run the ball too many times on first down, or they or they run the ball too many times on first down, and then they become really, really, really predictable. And this is something that Detroit has done, not just in the era of Dan Campbell, but the era of in the past, even with uh, even with um, Barry Sanders or any or anybody after Barry Sanders. I mean. Reggie Bush was in Detroit. I mean, it it just seems like they always try to be too predictable. So Detroit had 26 first downs, 17 passes on first down, six rushes. The third down efficiency was seven for 15. So that's just under 50%. And, And they had a total of... 478 yards in the total plays they had 78 they had 78 total plays for 478 yards they averaged about 5.9 a yard per down so that, that that's decent for a professional football team but what killed them the most is the turnovers they got three turnovers the first turnover I disagree with what happened to Jared Goff? I thought that his hand was going forward, but clearly the ball was coming out before he was going forward. So they called it a fumble, and Green Bay uh, scored a touchdown, and uh, that was another bad moment. It was then 14 to six. Yes, I said 14 to six. Detroit did score a touchdown in the first their first possession, but they fit, but they missed a field goal. So those little knickknack errors are it seems to be a little bit of a problem um i think i think that uh i think that when you look at jared goff's numbers he had 29 for 44 332 yards 7.5 uh yards per pass uh two touchdowns so a lot of us will think about well, is that any good? I don't know. Is that is that good? No, I don't. I think one of the thing that Jerry Goff needs to do is throw the ball deeper. I think he's got the arm for it. I think he needs more time. But I think that um, if you look at Jared Goff's feet as he throws it, he's inconsistent. So I think one of the things that Detroit Lions does a lot, or they do a lot is that they try to have Jared Goff hold the football and or run routes that take way too long for Jared Goff to just release the ball. 
I think what you have to have, a, you know, we do have uh, Sam Brown as a slot receiver, and he gets into his slots and he catches the ball for seven, eight yards, and then he runs about 14 or eight or whatever you need them or whatever he, he, he runs after the catch. And then you have Laporta as well. He can get into, he's a tight end for Detroit. He can get in, into that slot position and run for about, I don't know, eight, 20 yards. Or he did score a touchdown for Detroit in this game as well. But if you try to do play action with Jared Goff and you don't establish the run game, you're going to have issues. And when we look at, if, if, if we look at the running backs for Detroit, we got Don, uh, David Montgomery, 15, 15 carries, 71 yards, average 4.7, one touchdown. The longest run was 15. Uh, Jamar Gibbs, 11 carries, 54 yards, 4.9, no, no touchdowns. The longest is 23 yards. I do think that sometimes Detroit needs to stick with. The Detroit Lions need to stick with uh, Jamal Gibbs. I think he's got a little bit of a burst of energy. I think he can create more consistency. I think uh, I think that with Diamond, uh, David Montgomery, I think you're assuming that you're going to get third and two or second and three, or you're going to get a lot of the uh, – hard or difficult yards to get through with David Montgomery. But uh, some people tell me that David Montgomery is better in the backfield for catching the footballs. I That's something I, you know, I think they might be right. Uh, I do think that Dave, uh, that Detroit does try to use their, their running backs way too much about, way too much for long-distance passes. Uh, there was a particular play where the uh, Jamon Gibbs he he was running out of the backfield, uh, turned himself into a receiver. He ran for about well, he didn't run. I mean, he was running his route for like five, ten yards down the field, and turned out to be fifteen. And they threw the ball to him, and he's way too short, and he had a defender on him. I just didn't really agree with that play at all. Not at all. I just thought it was not good in my opinion um if you look at um if you look at the pressure of Detroit with Jordan Love I thought that I thought that the Detroit Lions were very confused and what I mean by confused I mean when when Green Bay went down the field the first time and they scored and then they had the turnover to score again to make it 14-6 and then they went up twenty to six. Yeah, you know you're gonna have to realize that that your play car for the defense is really to make Jordan Love uncomfortable. And one of the things that I didn't really see much in Detroit is pressuring Jordan Love or even obtaining control of Jordan Love. It seems as though. Every it doesn't matter if it's Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or Jordan Love right now. It seems as though that Detroit has a problem with keeping those quarterbacks in those boxes. And what I mean those boxes, I mean as a defensive coordinator, 
you have to keep uh, quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, uh, Jordan Love now, uh, Aaron Rodgers in the past in in the box. And when I mean in the box, I mean in the in the passing box. I mean in the uh, in the era where um, those guys throw the football. So you don't want them to run outside the pocket. You don't want to give them opportunity to to make a play. And they made a couple of big plays. Jordan Love made a couple of huge plays of a third down and some, and it wasn't looking good for Detroit. And by not understanding your playbook or not uh, doing your homework, you know, you just, I mean, for not having Aaron Jones in the game, why would you think that Green Bay would particularly go to the running game more and pass less. You think that if they don't have their A running back, you think that they would throw the ball first and then run the ball second. And what they really should have done is stopped uh, Green Bay by going with stop making Jordan Love beat you in the air and then prove to us that 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 A.J. Dillon can run between the tackles. So, so when I, I, I feel like, you know, when I see articles or, or when I see, um, ESPN every once in a while, is this the old Detroit Lions? Is this the same old, same old? I mean, we're eight and three. We have maybe, we need to win maybe, maybe three games more to get into, uh, winning the, the division. I mean, Lucky for us, Minnesota Vikings lost to the Chicago Bears. That was a dumbfounding moment. Um, of course, the Bears have a better. I know. I, I'm not really sure if the Bears have a good defense or not, but I find it interesting that that seemed to 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 happen for us in the right time, in the right place. That we lost, and the Minnesota lost, and the Bears won. So. <clears throat> If I look, if I would look at the stats, you see that you see that Green Bay had only 17 first downs, 13 passes for the first down, four rushes, third down conversions, five for 11. That's about 50 percent, or just below 50 percent, and they still beat Detroit of that turnover. And and when I say stuff about Jared Goff about him going back and forth on a uh, uh, play action or you having him sit there for quite a bit to to try to find a receiver and then you have a blitz coming on. Jared Goff is going fumble the ball. He just does not have the mobility, the, the mobility to get away like Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or even Aaron Rodgers or even Jordan Love. So, uh, if you look at Jared Goff's distribution to the right, to the wideouts, uh, St. Brown had nine receptions. Uh, Raymond had five receptions. Jamal Williams, they he had two receptions. Uh, longest one was thirty-eight yards. I think they need to probably use Williams a lot better down the field. And you know, I don't know if. If he just can't catch or if he's nervous or I don't really don't know. 
I really don't understand how he uh, he um, he seems to be really scared of catching the football and getting hit. So, and to tell you the truth, I would feel scared too as as well. Um, so, overall, I give Detroit Lions a C minus C plus C for the week. I don't think they did really a great job of actually doing what they were supposed to to win the game. I thought they that they uh, that they were quite lazy. I think they you guys just can't take a week off. I mean, you just because you play on Thursday doesn't mean you can just take three, four extra days off and then get back to the routine. I'm hoping that by the time that Thursday game was over, I'm hoping by Saturday and Sunday they were they were ever doing the um doing the homework for New Orleans, the Saints. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna come come back to talk about Detroit Lions again next time, next week, hopefully. Um I wanna talk about the Detroit Pistons. But Detroit Pistons is my dad's favorite thing to watch. My dad's got cancer, he's He's fighting leukemia. Uh, I hope all the love and, and blessings for him. Um, haven't been watching Detroit Pistons much at all, but but this that was something that it really connected with me and my old man or me and my father. So, you know, we had a lot of hopes for this year. Kay Cunningham's... Uh, Coming back from a injury, um, Ivy in second year. Um, we have uh, um, Duran in his second year. Um, you know, there's some. There's one guy that really surprised me. Is James Wiseman, second or third year from Kentucky, I think, and. Uh, Detroit has now lost like 14 games in a row. Uh, they played Washington uh, Wizards the other night. Um, Kuzman, a Flint, Michigan kid, tore it up in Detroit again. He had 32 points. But let's look at Detroit Pistons. They had field goal 42%, 43 for 102. They had 21% of three-pointers. They had they had like 17 turnovers. They had 49 rebounds, 18 offense, and 31 defense. And they had and their free throws were horrible. 13 for 19 for 68%. So what does that tell you? That tells you that that they have a lot of work to do. But this is something I would say about Detroit. I think that they haven't figured out how to put Ivy and Kay Cunningham together because they both need the ball in their hands. And one of the things that the NBA doesn't do really good at all anymore is use a pick and roll or do double picks or run or make plays for your for your guy or your guy that can shoot. I do think that... Uh, that Isaiah Stewart shouldn't even be starting. I don't even think that he should even be shooting three-pointers. 
I know everyone says he's been working very hard to stay on the team. And you know what, man? I'm going to tell you the truth. You're not supposed to. You're just not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to hit three-pointers. That's what Kay Cunningham and that's what Ivy is supposed to do. And that's what Hayes is supposed to do, but he doesn't hit his shots. I think Hayes, killing Hayes is a kid that, that unfortunately, I don't know if he's going should be on the team anymore. I think he's struggling for his shot. I don't think I. Every time I see him play, he he doesn't have a good sh- shooting form. He doesn't hit shots at all. So I don't even know why we even have him on the court. Um, I think the surprise was Asur Thompson. He had 28 minutes, 8 for 14, 16 points. The guy's killing it. I do, I do think that uh, Detroit's um, 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 bench needs a lot of work. I think Wiseman, Wiseman should be a starter. I don't know why. I think I think if you put Wiseman over uh, Stewart, I think that team will be a lot more capable of getting rebounds and second shots and and I just like the way Wiseman plays around the court. I mean, plays around the paint. I think he does a really good job at getting himself open, putting himself in the right position for rebounds. I think that would help out Duran. Uh, I think one of the things that Kate Cunningham did a really good job with was not turnovering the ball this time. I think he was more uh, concentration of what to do with the basketball. I do think that Kate Cunningham was getting tired, though. When I was watching that game last night, and or two nights ago, if you don't listen to it, two nights or from the last night. So I'm going to have this aired on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. But if you watch that, if you watch that, you see that um, you see that Kay Cunningham got kind of tired, and I think that's what happens a lot. Is that he's going to get tired, he's going to get his shots, he's going to get his points, but when the push comes to shove, who do you go to to score points? We just don't have a bit, uh, um, Mr. Big Shot. Uh, forget his name. Uh, but. Detroit does not have a guy that can shoot the basket and break a a, sh, uh, a scoring streak, a scoreless streak. And I think Cade Cunningham does that sometimes, but he, I think he's just – I think the reason why he, he gives the ball over turnovers a lot because he's trying too much. And I think with Ivy, you really have to run a double pick for him and I think that one of the things that, well, one of the things that Ivy really needs to work on is his jump shot. His 15-footer or his 19-footer or even his three-point shot coming off a couple of picks, he needs to work on that. I think if, 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 if the game was all about fast breaks and, and, rebu- and rebounding a defensive rebound and running down the court for an offense points, I think he's a hell of a player. But you can tell that sometimes when the ball is being brought up to the court, to, to, to the other side of the court, sometimes I feel like Ivy doesn't know where to go or what to do unless the picks are for him or they're running uh, plays for him. 
but one of the things that they need to do well one of the things i understand is that uh maybe they need to make uh uh thompson a more premier shooting for that team he looks very comfortable with the ball in his hands he looks comfortable playing defense he looks comfortable uh on the fast breaks uh thompson seems to know uh how to control his speed his body and that's something that Ivy's going to have to really learn how to do. He's really good. Ivy's really good at scoring fast points, but can he get himself open and and understand how to run the play to get himself open? Kate Cunningham seems to know how to 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 get himself the shot when needed, but you can't rely on one guy to do everything on your team. And I think that. Uh, with Stewart, Isaiah Stewart, he needs to just rebound the ball. The more rebounds he gets, the more likely Detroit will have a fast breaks or even second uh, second chance shots for Detroit. Um, uh, let me see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about about Detroit. Um, the, uh, the Detroit Pistons. I... I will say this. I think that Detroit has problems with the offensive rebounds. And I think they're one and done and then in the backcourt. Or when they run down the court or, or or when the other team scores and they come back down to the to their side of the to the court to for their chance of scoring points, they run one play, they take one bad shot, and that's it. Uh, Detroit needs to run the whole offense throughout the whole game. So that means they need to run plays until it works. They can't just run one play and just pass the ball once and then shoot it once and then they're done. I mean, that's what killed Detroit last night. That's probably what killed Detroit last uh, 14 games in a row. I think Monty Williams is going to struggle a little bit longer. To understand the talent of the team, I think that uh, players are. I see that this reminds me of Detroit Tigers team of two years ago when Detroit didn't have pitchers and their other hitters tried way too hard and they struck out. And same thing about Detroit's offense. I think if they focus more on their defense. I think that the offense will come back together better. What I mean by that is that they need to focus on stopping the plays on the defensive side or grabbing offensive rebounds for ourselves and then starting over on the play clock that turns to be 14 at 14 seconds. That's my, that's the only way I could think of that Detroit could make things better. They need to rebound the ball better. Obviously, they took they took the ball, they took care of the ball better last night against Washington Wizards. But I think that overall, they need to be playing together. They need to understand they need to pass the ball more. They need to rebound the ball more. They 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 need to finish their fast breaks better. I mean, it's just accumulating everything together, but that's why you practice. That's why you kind of understand where you're, where each player 
on your team is his. It, it, that's his sweet spot. That's where he likes to run down the court to hit a three pointer. This is the spot where this guy shoots his two pointers. This is the where this guy shoot up, shoots his layups. This is how you transition the ball from from one side of the court to the other side of the court, and then the guy gets open. And I'm telling you too, I think Wiseman and Duran, I think they can play in the they can play to the to the back of the basket. Their backs to the basket. I feel like I feel like Wiseman is pretty good at that. I don't know why. I've seen a couple of plays last night, but I think he can get himself open. I just really think so. So there you have it, folks. I did my podcast. Thank you for listening to Crazy Dre podcast show. Um, I was going to get more detail about the Detroit Lions, but I don't think that's necessary because I think a lot of the uh, fan base out there wouldn't listen to every play-by-play. And I may try that sometime in the future again. But as of right now, I'm just not going to do that. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone out there that's listened to this podcast, Crazy Dre podcast show. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find me on uh, um, any any podcast platform that you want to listen to. I'm on iHeartRadio. Uh, peace and love. And I'll talk to you next time. Uh, might even have Sean on on the show with me tomorrow. About Thursday night football, Thursday uh, the weekend of NFL, uh, Michigan stuff, bada boom, bada bang. You know what I mean? All right. Peace, love.